0: Hello, listener. Matt here. Support Ben, read his ramblings, or find further notes on this show at securitized.com, spelled S E C U R I T Y Z E D.com.
1: Hello. And welcome to another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of Infosec, where we discuss all things information, all things security, and all things information security. I'm Ben Maliso. And I'm Matt Snotty.
2: I'm Raphael Fiedler.
1: And I'm Joey Police. And I have to ask, all three of you, because I'm the only one not qualified here, do you think your children, your diety, are protected on the internet?
0: No, no, of course not. Absolutely not. Okay, then you need to move to California. No. You need to move to California. <laughs> well, <laughs> or does California have a wall? why?
1: Okay, so this is going to be a quasi current events and future events episode. Um, current events right now. The state of California has passed. Uh, I'm trying to f- remember exactly what they call it. I want to get the name right. Uh, it's been actually called the Kids Code is the informal name Act, um, but let's see. It is California Age Appropriate Design Code Act AB two two seven three, and um, this is going to keep children safe on the internet.
0: Oh, perfect! All right, they get little.
1: They get little life vests, you know. They <laughs> I was get say, is it
0: just a checkbox? We we check somewhere and we're good.
1: There's a helmet that you put on before you go interneting, you know, because they weren't safe before. Now they're gonna be safe. Great. Who wants to guess the provisions of this brand new state law?
0: By provisions, what do you mean?
1: Get, guess what it requires. Do you have to live there. No. Well, I mean, gosh. I, I don't th- that I don't know, but but guess what it's meant to do? What is it supposed to do? How? What other than just saying yet? are safe? What? What is it? What do they make online hosts do?
3: You're going yeah, to track their users.
2: Everything. Oh, yeah. Register as well.
1: You're going to
3: have to register. It's going to be some kind of a. A big uh, ledger.
1: Yep. Oh, yep. Blockchain. And, and this is to protect their privacy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So so
3: that's, a, that's how
1: that works, right? And and evidently, this is kind of uh, California got the idea from the UK, who did something similar. And Rofi, you you now you're kind of it's tickling your memory here. Do you know how? <laughs> do you know how it ended up getting implemented? How what the end result was?
2: I I can't recall that, but I I know that uh, I have some friends in the UK, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> they okay. They- We're very, like, pushed against this in the beginning, and we're very upset about it as well.
1: Kind of nonplussed,
2: right? Now, if y'all
1: remember, the the original efforts at the the start of the interwebs on protecting Getty was, first, let's determine whether or not the user is of legal age of majority. Mm. And how did they do that? Well, you're required to have a splash page if you have adult content that says, Are you 18 or are you not 18? Now, we didn't strictly have the internet when I was under 18. We had BBSs and and dial-up, but I don't know about the three of you, because I know your parents and you have a different perspective. But when I was 14, if there had been that splash page, do you want to guess the probability that I would pick? No, I'm not 18. (laughs) Don't show me this content.
0: Now, you, were you being unethical in that situation then?
2: Were <laughs> you, you
1: lying? Well, now let me ask you this. Okay, all right. We, we, we're going to come around to all this. But my question is, if you're keeping information from me that I want, am I being unethical in not following your rules,
0: man? <laughs> I don't know. I want an awful lot of information that I can't have access to, but, <laughs> or that I shouldn't have access to.
1: Right? Okay. So, so it, it turns out that California became aware at some point that children weren't always honest when clicking on that splash screen. Yeah, i oh, banish the thought. <laughs> I know, right? It, it's I'm amazed myself. Um, <laughs> So now they're going to require certain things for online content providers who may have children who come to the site. One is no autoplay of content for users under the age of 18. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Honestly, I find autoplay annoying on videos when I'm trying to scroll through a thread anyway. That's just, I always disable that function as an adult. Yeah. The other thing is they're going to make users verify that they're over 18 and the way this was implemented in the uk is google and i don't know if this is true in austria too this might be eu wide
2: okay so no, the uk is not part of the eu so I, of
1: I understand the that
2: <laughs> they, they left they, they were so very easily, yeah. thankful they escaped they escaped
1: and <laughs> and the way it's been implemented is that let's say you go to youtube and the, uh, the content provider has marked their content as uh, for adults or mature audiences. You have to verify either by here in the U.S., you just log in. In the U.K. and other places, you have to verify that you're over 18 by holding up your I.D. with a photo on it and letting them scan it. Are
3: you oh, kidding boy.
0: me? What's that, Joey?
1: I said, are you kidding me, but it's protect your privacy, Joey. Joey, it's to protect your privacy. Joey, uh,
3: I, there are other there are other groups that do this. Um, um, oh yeah, that that's right. They're called extortionists and ransomware uh, <laughs> that take advantage of, 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 you know, individuals that say, hey, hold up your license so we can verify it's you and we're going to blank out your screen. And don't worry,
1: we're, <laughs> we're, we're doing the good things. So, in California, the privacy, I'm sorry, the online identity access verifying lobby has found a way to address that problem, that issue. We're not going to follow the UK model, or California is not going to follow the UK model. You're not going to have to hold up your ID. All you have to do is present your face for a facial recognition scan. That's it. That's all but okay.
2: those kids the kids nowadays i i i know and i think we in our age and even me myself even though i'm, I'm a little bit on the younger side but you know have, have you heard of snapchat aren't the the kids nowadays doing this like on their own all the time anyway like because you can get those cool ar features and have those like googly eyes and stuff you know um or face swapping things you know wait a second
1: Uh, rafi are are you saying that someone could present a two-dimensional image of another person to be facially recognized and, oh, and avoid this? <laughs> are you saying someone could just hold up a magazine in front of the, the camera and say scan Joe Biden and, and that gives me <laughs> access to that's
2: that's of course a different thing. I agree on that part. But I'd say from uh facial recognition, I of course my first instinct is, Oh no, like what are they collecting? Who has access to that data? There you and go. So I'm that's like...
1: my big problem. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think like, but the kids nowadays, like with, uh, and this is where I brought up Snapchat, they're so used to handing out that data. I don't know if this, like, of course, mm-hmm. we might have issues with that. But the younger generation, I think would not. Well, Joey's well, looking disgusted.
3: Well, here's the question I want to ask is, does it really matter at this point? I mean, all of our data is already exposed all of our devices and and for those of you listening I'm holding up my phone on the webcam they're passively listening right now as we speak it's <laughs> it's just a matter of do you really want to
0: that's I guess, a very defeatist attitude Joey it is <laughs> and I
3: might be a little jaded and I might be a little cynical yeah <laughs> but
1: I, so- Exposed like our privacy no longer exists. I was trying to, yeah, here, one.
3: Ben. I think what you're looking for is
1: this.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah, everybody's yeah. getting up and walking around. Their offices now. <laughs> of course, yeah. on, on yeah, this see, audio podcast, yeah, people searching for physical stuff. Yeah, oh. that thing
1: we're exposed already. That book yeah. called
3: Exposed, yeah, yeah, Wr- written by Ben Maliso. You can find it on Amazon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so, so, yes, I, I honestly. I, I don't necessarily see anyone giving their face away as being a major problem, but. Using your facial scan and, and facial scan, uh, recognition software in order to confirm and authenticate identity, I think we're going to have some issue with because they're acquiring it from both children and adults and, um, like, Joey, what, what you were implying is. What are they going to use that data for in the long term? They're saying right now that they're only using it so that you can watch YouTube videos. Who believes that this data set is going to stay contained strictly for that purpose? And once it becomes registered with some sort of scan, what other purposes might it be leveraged into? And, and is this really a good way to protect the dieti um, <laughs> I'm kind of proud that. All four of us seem to have come to a consensus that this is not the best idea in the entire world. Just on its face, <laughs> um, but I'm also kind of I'm also kind of disappointed. I wasn't able to recruit somebody who'd be a naysayer and go, "No, no, it's all right. It's for the children. It's okay."
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh gosh, as 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 a parent of uh, currently one minor child, all the rest of mine are finally of age. Um, yeah, last thing I wanted to do is to, is to hold her, her camera up and take pictures of her face. We, you know, she, she, she begs to get on the TikTok and the snapchat and all of the other uh, social media stuff. And she wants to put her, she's nine years old and she wants to put herself out there because she wants the hits. She wants the likes. She wants the, uh, all the, you know, she wants to be an influencer. That's what, that's what my nine year old wants to be when she grows up is to just be a, a, an influencer. And we've had to really have some hard discussions with her that, no, you, you cannot show your face. You can't record yourself. You can't put up videos. No, you're too young. You don't understand where. And and in fact, I, as her parent, I don't necessarily understand where it may go down the road. I don't want for, for, for her to make some mistake when she's nine, because she got, you know, a hundred people saying like on a video and then 10 years from now, all of a sudden be like, oh, I really shouldn't have done that because I didn't have this unforeseen consequence at this time.
1: Okay, so let me let me ask you, that. I'll be the naysayer right here. I'll play the devil's advocate against my own instincts. <laughs> Are we Luddites? And is the footprint being established early, as early as possible, as young as possible, having that approbation? Is that probably going to serve her better 10 years from our world right now? Then restricting her and constraining her in this old world kind of mentality of stay cloistered. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, You know, influencer is a job today. People actually earn money and, and. Other great prizes, Robin and I saved up for a while and finally went on a trip that I'd wanted to do. Most of my life Uh, went to uh, Mykonos in Greece. And it was wonderful. It was great diving. And we stayed at this really nice resort and met up with some old friends. And one of the people at the beach next to me at the same resort, same island and everything, they're there for free because they're an influencer. And the, <laughs> res- the resort paid for their whole stay. The airline paid for them to fly there. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And are you preventing your children from having that possible opportunity in the long run? now? On the flip side, going with the precautionary principle, I don't know what context or what, what um, impact that might have in 10 years, and because I'm afraid of it, I'm going to not let it happen. Is that lack of foresight and is that hindering the child? Uh,
3: I, I, my take on this, Matthew's further down the road with his kids. Our kids are 15, 13, and 11. And we are extremely paranoid, extremely conservative when it comes to these types of applications. Um, you know the consequences of. I didn't think that this would hurt. Uh, and one of the things that we did is we we sat down as a family. We watched a, a movie uh, called The Social Dilemma. And if you haven't watched this movie, that's on
1: Netflix, right?
3: Yes, I would encourage everybody, especially if you have kids, young kids, or, or at any point. Even if you yourselves are on social media to watch this, and how the entire system has been programmed, and I use the word program very loosely, to gather data, to write the algorithms that that feed into all of our habits, our buying, our listening, our liking. It's extremely frightening to see how how um organized all of it is. In fact, they have some of the developers that 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 were some of the biggest um, pioneers in Pinterest, in Instagram, and in Facebook, who are no longer with these organizations that have come out on the record saying how dangerous these apps are, you know? Why?
1: Again, let's devil's advocate this thing. What is dangerous about organized and stratified? Rafti on a previous episode mentioned that if I go shopping for a hotel in this location, the cookie is going to track me, and it's going to increase my airfare to that location because it knows I'm kind of committed to going there already. My question is: the cost of convenience that I get for organizing my whole trip online, as opposed to having to go to a travel agent and pay them to do this. Remember the old days, Rofty, You don't. Um, having to go, <laughs> having to go shop around to each of the get catalogs from these various things and do all that. Remember all that hassle. Now I can do it all online and they're charging me a cost of convenience fee because they're bundling all this up and they're basing it on my ability to pay, which they are aware of based on my um, uh, online experience. So why is that not better? Why is organized not better than chaos?
3: Well, in that context, Ben, it's not it's not uh, harmful. I think that you see a lot of benefits from that. But I, I think from a... a young perspective a young mind that's not shopping or going on vacations that's not doing more of the adult type of activities this is the the individual who just is trying to get that dopamine hit of how many likes do i have after the past hour of the post that i've that i've put up there or uh what what kind of habits really the the habits are are what i think can be destructive here the amount of time that people are are staying on their devices is more and more and more and more uh, trying to, like Matt was saying, they want to influence, or do they want to be that next big um, uh, sensation, so to speak.
1: Why is that bad? A lot of the time when I talk about how physical school is useless and we could do all learning online, because I'm an online instructor, um, a lot of people say you need the person to person contact for socialization. And realistically what you're just describing people being rewarded for how well their message gets across to the population at large that is socialization that is training people that some behavior is approved and some is not and the fact that it's online and at a distance just means you can't get punched in the face when you say the wrong thing so what's wrong with having people socialize more and I and I think that you know I hear the the thing about oh we sit in the same room and we stare at a screen and don't talk to each other well in the 1800s and the 1700s if you were sitting in the same room you still weren't necessarily conversing with each other one person was doing embroidery another was reading a book another was painting up you know you were still in the same space the meat space but you weren't necessarily engaged with the people around you either and I don't know if me being engaged online with someone across the world is necessarily a bad thing what's wrong with this what why is this bad joy well you know
3: as a parent you you want to see your kids again i'm taking it from a parental standpoint that's my that, that's the lens that i'm looking through with protect
1: this your kids yes but, yeah
3: you know we see, we have seen, you know, experts will tell you they they see a rise in depression. It's an, it, it's evidence with the connections of social media, um, because people are. Are not getting out and they're not socially interacting from a young in a young demographic. They are doing everything electronically. And I think it's leaving them. Um, uh, wanting it's leaving them missing what that real human connection is because they are finding they're trying to find the 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 connection online Rafti.
2: i was just wanting to add like when you're saying connection uh, and facebook uh, had this term earlier as well where they were talking about meaningful connections and a thing that i am like um, we talked before the show um about what's the difference between like me being a millennial and the generation after me and um i'm about that border so um my uh, sisters-in-law for instance they are um generation the one after the millennials um and gen they are gen Y. okay yeah gen, gen y. y okay now we are gen y the millen- okay whatever
1: millennial. Uh, whatever go ahead yeah gen so G, those know.
2: and and what i what i um see with them is that they have lots of friends or lots of people they call friends but when it comes down to it who can they rely on what can they actually like who can they call when they're in a pinch when like they need to be picked up their car broke down uh my my brother-in-law for instance his car broke down um and he has 50 friends who come to his party or something but as, when his car breaks down and he's in the middle of nowhere and he needs to get picked up, nobody is answering the phone. Nobody's coming. Nobody's helping him. So that the, the social connections that are being built on this high level over the Internet, um, we as a society, maybe we will de- adapt to this. And maybe we will maybe people recognize this. Who knows? But like if this generation comes to age and um, sort of like requires this as well but what I see with them is I see this disconnect and I see like um that they have less meaningful connections in their life they have more connections but less meaningful ones
1: let me give you the counter argument to that it was about 12 years ago when Kickstarter exceeded all national artistic grants to artists and creators um we have GoFundMe uh we have uh, responses to people getting leukemia and able to crowdsourcing the full payment of a course of treatment or a modification to their home in order to accommodate their new hindrance in their lifestyle. Right. Um, so while these things may be facile, they do end up in actual impact and actual results that you could not have had with your neighbor being three horse days of riding away from your homestead, you know, a couple hundred years ago uh the the reach that you have now while it may be more on the surface they're not going to come and pick you up from the airport you know because they don't really like you that much you can still get a true for lack of a better term meaningful connection even with an online persona people can buy us a gallon of gas
2: online yeah maybe just to add to this i think what What um, you're saying is, well, Internet technology has its use, and I agree so much, like that we can have this podcast, that you can listen to this podcast, all only feasible through the Internet, not even like with sending out cassettes or CDs, this would be possible on that scale. Um so there's a use case but there's a reason why we don't cook all our meals in the microwave um exclusively and uh, because like there is a place for a kitchen stove and there is a place for an oven and there is a place for all these other technologies that we like have which are old you know I I'm like I do grilling from time to time as well I I still use the oldest technology to prepare food um Fire. Yeah, fire, exactly. But like I use um and I use a microwave as well, but it's only a part of the toolkit. Would you please and...
1: explain this to Robin? Because she keeps giving me shit about having a, my own uh, my old LPs. Um and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I, I don't really, even yeah. have a turntable. And, and... <laughs> And she finds that highly annoying. All right, yeah. so, <laughs> All right, and, and I, you know, and I, and I think another cautionary thing to, to play devil's advocate to my devil's advocate uh, the thing. I think Joey and Matt are talking about the, you know, possible future impact. What if the kid is taking a picture of themselves and does become an influencer and 10 years from now, we, most of us have books on the shelves behind us in our video on our webcam right now. And one of one of those books 10 years from now falls out of favor among the social, among society at large. And now that kid who was nine years old when they started influencing becomes a pariah at 19 for a book that was on a shelf as a child that they had very little judgment or control over, right?
0: That's what I was going to bring up is there's this concept of online brigading where groups of people can change their mind on you. In a mo- on a moment's notice because of something small, something innocuous, something perceived that may not even be real. And then all of a sudden you become virtually shunned. You know, it's kind of like the scarlet letter, you know, all of a sudden you have this, this badge of dishonor on you and you lose, uh, uh influence, you lose, uh, revenue, you, 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 lose uh, cachet among the groups of people. And it's very, very easy in an online setting to have that happen. Um, and, and Joey may have seen this as well. I've, I've certainly seen it with my kids uh, online bullying. You don't even have to be a famous influencer. You don't have to have a TikTok tock or, or a YouTube or something like that. Kids can online bully and and get brigades of other kids to go against you or your child or something like that. And it is super dangerous because, again, getting back to the whole depression, mental health thing. Um, as high as that high may be, if you do become a successful influencer, that low is just equally as low on the on the flip side of the depression.
3: I think that speaks also what Matthew, what you're saying, it speaks also to. How corrupt our society has become and how, how, uh, um. I think it's terrible. There's a statute of limitations in the human life that we should not be held accountable to sins that we did when we were 12 years old, or for that matter, 20 years ago. None of us are the same people that we were 20 years ago, not even 10 years ago, everyone changes. So, so while yes, unfortunately, and it's sad that we live in a world where if something is brought up that somebody finds a picture or finds a quote that you said you know, X amount of years ago, whether it was a decade or two decades ago, by golly, we are holding you accountable for those sins, and you're going to pay for that. It is, it is horrible that that happens. But Matt is right; it does. That doesn't mean that it's. I, I completely disagree, and I am vehemently against that type of cancel uh, mentality.
0: I was waiting for you to say cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, maybe is, it's it's a flip way to to kind of distill it down. But yeah, that's kind of yeah. Uh, again you don't have to be the popular kid at school to get uh, have have this kind of thing you can just be a little bit of an outcast who has a couple of other friends and all of a sudden you get online bullied anyways yeah it's it's a terrible thing and it's, okay. it's a big reason why a parent would not want their child to be uh online and and, and, and be known
1: exactly okay. I, I, i'm just to, to close this out i'm gonna i'm gonna share my own personal opinion about this online okay. bullying thing i'd still rather a child be bullied online than bullied in real life there is no way you can get stabbed online. And you know,
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it, from that perspective, yeah.
1: Hey, <laughs> if the only fight is with words, that's the fight I want. I think that's an ideal society, not a failed society. I don't uh, know. And, and you can always go and create a new identity uh, online. No one knows <laughs> you're a dog. All, All
2: right. right, that's great. I have maybe some some experience to share in regards to the actual topic, like with the video being like activated so that you verify who you are Um, uh, in Europe. There are a lot of know your customer laws. I don't know how this is handled in the US, but um, I think the first time this happened to me was maybe 10 years ago or something, maybe even longer. And there was this uh, like Europe has. So had some new banking apps and i think we talked about this i don't know if it was on the show but the that um for us apple pay and stuff has been around fairly long and so um we have banking apps like banks which are only digital first or or something and so um my experience was i installed this app and i wanted to create an account with them a bank account and I wasn't prepared, but like in the in like setup process, apparent all of a sudden the webcam like the the face cam of my phone turned on. and like I was in the middle of a call like of a video call all of a sudden um, because they wanted to verify that I'm like know your customer, that I'm a real person who I am and I should grab some documents afterwards as well. And I I just immediately like killed the application um because I didn't want to get sucked into all of this. And and the thought that came to me and because of the situation what we talked earlier about like what is in your background, what books are there, or stuff like this. I'm like, with this verification thing, if this becomes normal, use like in this situation the first time 10 years ago, I was very aware that I wasn't that I was not a actively aware of what is in my background what where am i am i in front of a white wall or am i in front of like a bookcase or like i mean now with covid everybody was joking do i wear pants you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) And, and stuff like this no but back then of course like you were like where am i you know you you're just you were on your phone you were creating, downloading this app, creating an account and stuff. And so I think like those questions pre-COVID that we were like very uncomfortable and how we should present ourselves and stuff. I think we became a little bit more loose maybe over time. And if this becomes a habit that you just like the camera turns on, because it would turn on for everybody, not just for kids, but we're talking about especially for kids, but for everybody and getting sort of like desensitized of, of getting like a camera turned on in our face all the time don't like it. Uh, I think this is very yeah, much. I, and...
1: I don't like the know your customer law altogether. I, I, yeah. <laughs> in 2009, I went to open a bank account in Texas when I was living there, a savings account. And um, they started asking me all these questions like, you know, what's your home address? What's this? I just moved there. I said, I don't have one. I'm living in a hotel right now until I find a place. They um, say, well, you got to have an address. I said, I can give you the hotel address. I I said, I don't know why that really matters because I can move to another hotel tomorrow. And we got into this philosophical discussion, this high strung bank uh, staffer and I, where she was explaining to me that this is really important so they can stop terrorism. (laughs) <laughs> they've been co-opted by the government in this effort to say you know money laundering or sending it to some downstream entity we we need to be able to affix responsibility for money streams and we're not talking about a lot of mo- a, a huge amount of money we're talking about like you know my paychecks were going to go in there which is not a huge amount of money and i said why do you have a problem trusting me i'm giving you my money if anything, mm-hmm. I should have a problem trusting you. Yeah. You're the one who's getting benefit from this interaction, not me. And um she she went into this huge tirade and actually said the statement, "Well, one of our other branches might have helped catch a potential terrorist."
0: <laughs> might have potential. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a lot of mm-hmm. qualification words there.
1: <laughs> you know, you know who's a potential terrorist? Everyone, Everyone is a potential terrorist. Just keep asking them stupid bullshit like all their personal details when they want to open a savings account. You'll see how quickly we all become real terrorists. Yeah. And, all right. So, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I'm I i I'm solid. Okay. The other topic I wanted to bring up was similar in nature, trust in sources. And this is an ethical question, and I'll explain why in a minute when I talk about future impact. Um. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Uh, do you have the term in Austria, peeping Tom? Are you familiar with that term, Rafty? No. no. Okay. Voyeur. You know what a voyeur is? Yeah. Okay. There was a cliche in our culture for about 100 years. There was you know, drawings of it. And it a peeping Tom is a voyeur who would go around a neighborhood and look in people's windows, hoping to see something prurient and get their jollies that way and it was kind of a joke it was you know it was even it was played down as as just being humorous because the actual damages were somewhat minimal so here's the hypothetical peeping tom may or may not be disagreeable is going through a neighborhood looks in a window for their own purposes criminally and sees a murder take place that peeping tom Anonymously tips off law enforcement should law enforcement act on that report. And should the prosecution be tainted in any way, because of the acquisition of the information? What do you all think?
0: Oh, this gets into, um, all the ideas of, uh, um, um, it's real window with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I was thinking of the legal term. Oh, gosh. Um. Uh, where where, where you, uh, immunity where you can you, you you can get immunity for other crimes that you may have have committed because you're going to testify on bigger or more pertinent crimes that you're okay. aware of.
1: All right, so so let's that would be if the voyeur made themselves available mm-hmm. to the prosecution. I'm talking about even just an anonymous tip.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that goes back to how how much weight do anonymous tips in general get, which isn't a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, tips are tips, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't work in law enforcement, but I don't think that they put a whole lot of weight with anonymous tips, unless they have very clear specifics and are very knowledgeable about the, uh, you know, the act that they're, they're reporting on. So, yeah, from that perspective, I think that law enforcement should still act on it just the same way and not have any concern about how the information was gained just that they now have the information. Joey?
3: Uh, yeah, I fall into Matt's camp with this as well. Um, it's a good question and. I, 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 I'm stumbling over my words here, but I don't think that. Um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm all over the board here with this, but I'm just, gonna <laughs> say I'm, I'm, in Matt,
1: I'm in Matt's camp with this. Okay. Say that. Okay. Rofty, how about you?
2: I don't know. And, okay. I mean, as far so first off i'm not sure like what what the situation would be like uh i think in in europe our front yards are usually non-existent so you can basically see inside the the windows from the street anyway um so maybe the situation in general is a little bit different you don't have to step on another's property to maybe see stuff like this but i i just don't know we well, have <laughs> curtains are very much a thing here hmm? OK,
1: Sorry, yeah. so how about just morally and ethically Yeah, morally would and ethically,
0: And I was, and this is part feel, of. Yeah,
1: yeah. Would you feel good about prosecuting a murderer, even if the information came from a distasteful place?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I understand this, but uh, like what sort of information you would say he was able to identify the person who killed that mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. I I mean, uh, from an anonymous source, and I think this is where we're from, like, I, I like the, uh, the thing that Matt was saying, like, if he actually testifies and i'm I understand the immunity thing, even though I have some issues there as well where I'm like I don't like it was still wrong, you know, in yes, some sort. Yes. so this put aside um I think an anonymous source don't like it. i I just don't like it. it It rubs the wrong way. It
1: rubs the wrong way, doesn't it, it makes you feel kind of dirty and and, and I'm yeah. kind of in the same camp. I do understand that a greater evil should be addressed in the course of justice, but you kind of don't like the lesser evil getting away with it either.
0: Right. Would it be any different from if your pet went missing and you offered a reward for the pet to be returned and the person who returned the pet to collect the reward was the person who stole the pet in the first place. In other words, they stole your pet to get a reward. Do you still give them the reward and get your, get your pet back?
1: Well, that's just kidnapping at that point. You know <laughs> I, mean, that's, yeah, that's but, I mean? That's basically what that is, industry is.
0: Yeah. Do you want your dog, do you want your dog or your cat back and be out 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever your, your reward was? Or do you want to put this person behind bars for, for, for theft and, you know, animal welfare stuff and whatever?
2: Can you hmm. prove it that's that's the only other question i have there i mean i i, I believe in not paying the ransom if you pay the ransom <laughs> they will do it again uh, so did a whole
0: episode on ransoms
2: <laughs> i know i know but i'm just like if if i'm like i don't negotiate with terrorists i don't pay the ransom if uh, oh, they i do do it again but didn't I do? as a father I before
0: just... i've negotiated with four separate terrorists on many different occasions <laughs> But didn't you – and they weren't just potential terrorists. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But,
1: Rocky, didn't you have a friend on that Ransom episode who did pay and yeah. get his data back?
2: Yeah, uh, but I – like, do they stop? It's like, no. No, no, no. Or... You're
1: encouraging the industry. But on the other hand, you want your data.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I Pat yeah. want yeah.
1: Matt wants his ki- – well, Matt may want two of his kids back. Maybe not <laughs> all of <in> them.
2: <laughs> but in this <laughs> <Not> situation <absolutely>. – <laughs> <laughs> what Matt is saying is the person, like, you know, that the person who the person is who stole your pet. So you're just like, no, no, you, you are not getting any money on the contrary. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm pressing charges. I don't know what the,
0: the U.S. Okay. Interesting.
2: Like but no, I, I, I'm so not against, uh, for like with the ransomware thing, just saying, yeah, I would still be against it. Like not pay, don't pay the ransom. Uh, If you have any other way of regaining the money, of course, we talked about this in this episode as well. They need, they have, it's a business model for them. So this needs two things. First off, they actually need to provide you the key. Otherwise, nobody would be paying in the future. And the second thing, uh, so many people are paying that this actually is a business for them. So,
1: and and I would add a third thing. They're making it economical enough based on their target's ability to pay that people can pay it. They've found a market price. They found the value for this. All right. So, the reason I'm bringing this up yeah. is because we are on the cusp now in the United States of election season, and in the past few elections, and and I'll go I'll go pretty far back. I'll even go back to uh, the Clinton election, the first Clinton election back in the nineties. There have been instances of information that's been revealed often through distasteful, unethical, immoral means that is still pertinent information for the electorate to know. And I think a lot of the conversation has kind of let this fall by the wayside. Um, the, The conversation has said the theft of the information or the acquisition of the information was wrong. Therefore, we can discount all the information. I don't know if the voyeur still sees the murder, I still want the murderer prosecuted. I still want justice for the victim. Yes, I don't love the voyeur, but on the other hand, th- that kinda is necessary. You know, we kinda gotta do something to stop the murderer, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, take now the- What'd you say, Joey?
1: I said, yeah, take the win.
0: Yeah. I
2: take the win.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, so, so now, Rafi, I'm not sure you remember this, but the reason I reached all the way back to the Clinton thing is um, the original source of the Clinton peccadillos, And it's so weird that what he got hung on was having sex in office as opposed to all the other potential corruption that was going on. I mean, it's just kind of goofy and ridiculous, but the original source was Linda Tripp someone close to the administration or close to somebody who was close to the you know friend of monica Lewinsky's, and she recorded conversations they had and made them public and it was a a very ugly weird self-aggrandizing thing for you know no possible conceivable rational reason and the source for the information was a little online blog that nobody had heard of or taken seriously before called the drudge report. Yep. And it was at 1st discounted for a long time because yep. of where it came from. And um, and then once. They were able to actually acquire evidence and substantiate it. Now, all the major news entities sort of glommed onto the story and ran with it. Um, again, is that. <laughs> Is it information we should have ignored because it came from ugly sources and through a questionable publisher, or is it information that the electorate should know? How do you all feel about that one?
0: There's no good answer for that because you're mixing politics and 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 crime at this point. And Fair enough. Fair enough. Politics is inherently uh, polarized. Criminal. And oh, so you're oh, always okay. going. Well, I was going to say you're yeah, and criminal. Yeah. But, but politics is always inherently you pick a side and you will do whatever you can to support that side. So it's, it's a loaded question. Mm. May, okay.
2: Maybe it's easier for me as somebody who's not American. And I, I funnily enough had, um, because the U S has an election coming up and I'm listening to U S media. I'm very aware of, of the situation and where it's going and stuff. And, and it's very funny maybe we can do an episode of the about this as well but for european listening to what's going on there um austria has i think six political parties and so for us it's much easier to be nuanced in our voting um and yeah but to so in regards to this situation um i'd say like i (sighs) From my perspective, I still more often than not would say, especially like you were talking about an old situation and I, I agree with Matt, it's very mixed in everything. But today we have so many even non-political situations and I even heard of people, I know some of those influencers who have been accused by fans of being like that they have uh, done some some um, alleged crimes or something, you know? Uh, And I know of somebody who, where he actually has for sure done nothing wrong, um, but the person has started framing him. Um, And I recently heard uh, of somebody else. I don't know if you heard this, Linus Tech Tips. He did, he talked about his sex life publicly because he's like, I had those girlfriends and that's it and nothing else because somebody came, like, started, like... um, creating new sources who who said well he uh, was an offender back in the day and so um, with this new like cancel culture with this new situation where so many where there's so high potential for creating harm with some alleged claims which have not been proven I'm always on the side of like if it's not like if the information is not credible uh, and it's just an allegation I would disregard it and okay. I would, Encourage okay. everybody to disregard it. And, and I, I so hate okay. that. Major what if news the information out, is true? If the, but you cannot prove it. And I okay. say. What if I you say... can?
0: And,
1: and we'll go. We'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. And, and this is the one that kind of gets me. Is the 2016 election. Where um, the DNC. Democratic National Committee. Suffered a breach. Somehow. We don't know what it was. And a bunch of their emails got released. And what their emails revealed was that there was collusion among the federal election committee, that is the body that is supposed to govern fairness in the election, and the Democratic Party, thus tainting the run-up to the election. And that whole story got swept under the rug because the bigger story became the information was stolen by the Russians and made available to WikiLeaks. And therefore, because the data was stolen, and because WikiLeaks was the source, that became the story, as opposed to the electioneering tampering. That's just the media controlling
3: the narrative, is what
1: that is. Okay, is that good for the electorate or not? Well, it depends on what side you're
3: on. <laughs> is, okay. is it good? Is it good for? Is it good for the electorate? Absolutely not. But we live. I mean, again. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to go on
1: a tangent here. Um,
3: it's, it's <laughs> Joey just... and I have
0: had many political discussions <laughs> yeah. because we are on opposite sides of many things. And,
1: honestly, wait, <laughs> so, and, and I'm not talking about which side is is good for voting for. I'm talking about if information that is pertinent to the voter yes. is revealed should the source matter.
0: In that regard I- as, as humans inherently, we want to know if we can trust the source. Yes because we, we that, 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 okay. that's an internal meter that we run on on what but
1: the data is true right i mean for, forget trusting the source, source is evil linda trip is evil the you know the, the you know the voyeur is evil yeah forget the source the mm. data is true right should we still not have access to the data and should that not still be actionable
3: it should be we should still have access to it if the data is true and it's if it's validated, it doesn't matter who it came from or where it came from. If we can validate that the data is true and 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 uh, merit worthy, then then yeah, we need to we absolutely need to have that. That okay. that's my that's my take.
1: Matt, you disagree?
0: No, I don't think I disagree. I, I yeah, I always I'm always going to be on the side of more more information, more open information, more freely sure. available information. Information is inherently good. Um, yeah, yeah but but yeah, I, I also know that as humans, we like to put our own spin on things and and to do that, we take in all the other metadata about where a piece of information comes from and that's what influences what, how we feel about it.
3: I mean, gosh, if if we're, you know, another example would be the 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 Hillary Clinton exchange server that was rogue, right? I mean, Whatever happened to that, it just got swept under the rug. There's, there was no repercussions. There was nothing,
1: but, but, but yeah, okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you there, but th- I think that's kind of a separate 1, as opposed yeah, to. The, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'd go back to the Pentagon papers. Okay. Daniel Ellsberg had a security clearance signed a non-disclosure agreement, still stole the material and published it because he thought it was more. He thought it was better for the common good. And the New York Times chose to publish it, which I also think was the right thing to do, even though the acquisition was illegal and probably unethical. I think the greater good is more important to reveal more data. Snowden. um, I don't think what Snowden did, he did something illegal. But I don't think what he did was wrong. He revealed wrongdoing. And I don't think you dispose of his findings because what he did was ostensibly not in accordance with the law.
0: So yeah. you're saying that in Snowden's case in particular, and I'm sure there are many other examples, he acted ethically, at least in his own personal ethics, but he acted also acted illegally at the same time.
1: Right. I don't think the law is always the moral guideline. I oh, think yeah, entirely, you know, yes. we have plenty of stupid laws. And yes. uh, you know, if if someone I know gets bit by a rattlesnake and I have to speed to get to them to the hospital, I'm going to break the speed limit. You know, yes. I'm going to break the law. Um, yep. it, it, and I think that that is something we've lost sight of recently. And I really don't like the idea that there was a huge pushback on what was called foreign interference in our elections because. Other countries were contributing either for good or ill to either side or either party or whatever. Um, We tend to accept information from the BBC. And the BBC (laughs) is a government entity that actually we fought wars against. The BBC Mm -hmm. is an arm of the British government. And why we don't treat their information as hostile, while we will. Russian disinformation or whatever it is kind of beyond me. I don't get. Oh wow, Uh, breaking news! You can tell now which day we recorded this. uh, Speaking of England, Queen Elizabeth II has just died.
0: Now, wow. where's your source for this information, Ben? Have we? Have, have Joey, we this Joey's through, my source. Have, have we gotten this through ethical and legal means?
1: No, <laughs> no, we got it from Joey.
3: I am, I am not. I'm very sad for the royal family. Uh, uh, I don't want to laugh there, you know, anyone listening. Uh, but, yeah, I just posted that in the chat that because uh, that just came across my feed. And I thought, well, let me post this because, yes, it is coming from a news source. And like Matt's comment is, is the news source reputable?
1: <laughs> all right. Which news source did you get it from? Uh,
3: this is actually Good CNN. Support. So, yes.
1: Oh, no, no, not reputable at all. All right, Uh, Rafti, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to embroil you in American politics, but um, what's your take on this? How does Austria view outside uh, foreign sources for their uh, information about their candidates and parties?
2: So first, as I said, we have a multi-party system. So for us, it's not that big of a deal. It's not one party in control or the other it's it's less of this camp fighting of course there are camps and there are people who are like very like devoted to one of those political parties um but typically there always has to be a coalition uh for government uh which i think keeps um all of them a little bit more in line Okay, the um,
1: german reporting service said that one of your candidates molests kittens would you discount the information because it came from germany
2: No, no, no. In that regard, I actually, you know, part of the reason why I'm reading US news is also not just because I'm interested in the US. It's because I'm interested in how the US sees Europe. Uh, And I think an outside perspective usually is a good one, um, because it sort of like balances out a couple of things. I mean, it's sometimes very interesting. Like if, if I hear from the US that apparently in Austria we have exploding trees and stuff and we're living in the trees and I don't know I think Trump said that once about <laughs> Austria uh and I was a little bit confused about that news coming from the US we we don't live and I'm coming
1: like, to visit you if you're if your <laughs> flora can attack me man that's not something I want
2: no no that this is uh, not uh not true I can okay okay attest to that uh <laughs> But well, I think
0: what Rafi is kind of getting at, though, is an outside perspective usually is not spun, doesn't have a, a, a take on on it. It's usually much less uh, influenced one way or another. Because they have
1: less vested in it?
0: Right, exactly. they got no skin in the game. So, Except
1: I know that we've tampered in foreign elections for well, yeah. hundreds of years. <laughs> I, I, we, we do this as a matter of policy.
0: Right. But but back to your, your point, the BBC, has the BBC ever influenced uh, a U.S. election? As far as I know, no, and so there, all of them. They, yeah, I'm sure that all, you have all a,
1: of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's been, in all respect to the Dead Queen, um, there's been no empire with more political interference, uh, either both militarily or. Uh, through espionage and subterfuge than the British government, the British Empire. It it's been one of the worst forces on human development. We can go back to the Opium Wars and see that they actually tried to force people to buy drugs against their sovereign government's own laws. Um yeah, this is this is not a, a happy little cute Monty Python sketch. yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> to come to the topic, I think it's in regards to where it is doesn't matter where the information is coming from um and you were mixing it does it matter like for uh, if it's true i think this is a second data point uh it's a second information that the information that has been out there is true and i think this is sort of like in and you were you were already acknowledging it like later on you know that it's true and so i'm i say yes in that regard you can take this information into account but what we are now so much used to is and why so many people are saying well we're past post truth and stuff I'm like no this is so not true we should so much keep like innocent until proven guilty we should keep this in mind if information is out there that's like targeting someone I I, I intentionally uh, disregard it and I think this is my responsibility so in regards to all those political things we have been talking earlier I'm not against them being published What what I want to encourage with this as well is like if you read allegedly, or if you sort of like read where the information is coming from, t- you have to d- like do this mental exercise. And of course, you cannot do it one hundred percent. But to sort of like still keep your mind open that this might not be true, and that okay. this person might be innocent, or so or we need, we need be a reality innocent.
1: check for the hot take. The, yeah, revel- the revelation shouldn't be the thing we base a decision on, but it might be a jumping-off point for doing a deeper investigation.
2: And um, and I'd say, like in regards to media, is the media bad? The media just, of course, also, and yeah, it's in sort of like it it feeds, of course, on this attention as well. We were talking earlier about the dieti and how they are like attention feeding themselves, and but of course, especially old media. Now that there is so much like in this attention economy, so much other stuff that's like so much better in grabbing our attention than they are. Um, They are like, of course, going with all those hot takes, going with all this new information, trying to to amplify it a lot more as well, just to get the the attention there. And so I'm like... For me, I'd say the information out there and you were saying information is better. I agree, but I think like from an educational perspective and I would love to see the media more in this regard as well, like taking a responsibility. I recently, um, uh, but this is a whole different thing, but when it comes Rafi, to- where
1: are you going, man? Wrestle, wrestle it that idea to the ground. Yeah,
2: good. So when it comes to like from a responsibility perspective, I think like if you're sharing information, you need to make sure that then that, uh, to know how you share the information and to whom you're sharing it, yeah, um, but but media has never done that.
1: All the way back to Pulitzer and Hearst, they were you know they were manufacturing wars. This is this is nothing new. Yellow journalism was not invented with the internet. I'm now,
2: not saying that it's I'm that it, a... the internet is making bad. I'm just saying that this is something that we as a society should push for uh, and sort of reward. We were talking about earlier about the the guy who's bringing the kid and should I pay the. Uh, bringing the pet should I pay the 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 person who stole the pet should I pay the media that is sort of like um amplifying alleged yeah. messages and stuff like that
1: but we're not rewarding them with money we're rewarding them with clicks and a click doesn't sure. cost me anything in terms of my decision making but it does reward them in terms of revenue so that's where clickbait comes into action too exactly. uh, which is the same as a, a, a you know a prurient headline which has always been around I've got a I've got a fan. An acquaintance who um, got in touch with me after reading one of my books, who's actually fixed in an American election, uh, ended up getting caught for it and serving time for it. Um, but this is it, interesting. It, it is something that I've tried to get him on the show. I've tried to get him on the show so many times, and he just <laughs> refuses to do it. He's, he wanted to put it behind him, you know, the whole 10 years ago, I'm a different person now kind of thing, reinventing myself. And good for him. Rehabilitate that.
0: The surprise just, isn't that you have a, a a friend and a fan who's a convict. It's that I, I, it's I, that you I'm have not, any of that. I'm arm. not
1: going to trust him with my pets. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just I want to point this out. There's only I said an acquaintance. Okay. So, um, but you know, he made mention of the fact that it was trivially trivially easy to do, trivially, and that this trivial triv- li- tri- trivially trivially. Trivially. Yes. Easy to do. It was very easy to do. And um, that the fact that he got caught was only because of of hubris and happenstance. It wasn't anything that was um, deep investigations. It was no uh, uh, strike team of federal agents. Um, And it does occur. And I don't think... Any of the safeguards that we've put into place in the past 10, 20 years have actually modified that at all. I think at the end of the day, it's still gonna come up to the voters to be able to make that voice heard. And I do believe in democracy. And I think it's important that we have as much actionable information as we can in order to make those determinations. Um, you know,
0: and yeah, you know, to, to, but when it all comes down to it, even with all the information, you're still usually choosing between the lesser of two evils. You know, which person do you dislike least?
1: A giant douche versus shit sandwich. Right. The South. <laughs> the South Park motif. Yeah, yeah,
0: right. yeah. yeah.
1: Now, I, I would. I kind of like the buffet style that Austria has. If we could choose from six different assholes, I think yeah. that would be pretty cool.
2: <laughs> the, I, the Austrian I agree. system is very different in that regard. Our president has almost no. Um, like, he has no executive power, I'd say. He is treat, the head of the executive pre- You don't treat your
1: president like a monarch?
2: No. The way we, we do? No?
1: no. no. Our, Our chancellor is Joey. the
2: one who's doing the most of the um, governmental stuff. So
1: Good. Good. I like that. More checks and more balances. All right. We've kept Joey way too long. Uh, I know he's got other stuff to do.
0: He's got to go make money.
1: And he's going to protect his dieti. <laughs>
3: Yes, <laughs> off, to, off to secure and protect the clients.
1: Excellent. They are the most children, aren't they?
0: Yeah. <laughs> they um. are. <laughs> we had that discussion earlier today. <laughs> <and I>
1: did. <laughs> All right, then. Um, does anyone have a product or an event that they want to plug coming up?
2: say I wanted to encourage everybody that this information and this media here the information we bring we try to bring it with uh we think about it a lot. I think you hear this, so you can of course give the show money buy a gallon of gas um I hope the link is in the description this this time <laughs> um if not um it's actually not on the wanna be side, it's on the securitized, securitized. okay. I'll so, try to put the link in. We'll see exactly. if I can understand the technology.
1: Uh, <laughs> until next time, I'm Ben Malasso. And I'm Matt Snoddy.
2: I'm Rafael Fiedler.
1: And I'm Joey Police. See you again next week for another episode of The Sensuous Sounds of InfoSec.
0: Hello, listener. Matt here. If you like listening to Ben, Robin, Rofty, Joey, or myself, please consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash securitized. Interested in training for CISSP, CCSP, CISM, SSCP, CCSK, or other InfoSec certifications? Go to Ben's website for all his training programs at wannabeacissp.com spelled W-A-N-N-A-B-E-A C-I-S-S-P dot com Engage with us on Discord Do a search for wannabeacissp Feedback or questions on what we discuss Send a good old fashioned email to ben at ben at BenMaliso.com. You may hear your feedback on a future show We are all working professionals in the infosec industry, so feel free to link up with us on LinkedIn. Support Rofty's company and test drive their free firewall software called Portmaster, downloadable at their website, safing.io, spelled S-A-F-I-N-G dot I-O. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our companies or employers.